0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to How to College First Gen, where we have real conversations about what it's like to be a first generation student before, during, and after college. I'm your host, Shiv. For those of you new to the podcast, our goal here is to democratize knowledge that we've gained along the way, learn a bit more about the first gen experience, and hopefully help others going through some of the challenges first gen experience by sharing lessons learned from fellow first gens. Today, We are joined by Muhammad Ahmad, who is an MBA graduate student at MIT Sloan and a first-gen, low-income club president. We dive into his experiences growing up in India, making it to one of the top undergrad programs, and eventually transitioning to the U.S. for his graduate studies. Let's dive in. Hey, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: Uh, So let's start. We worked together at MIT Sloan as part of the FLI club. But Let's take a step back and kind of tell the audience, where did you grow up? How did you get to where you are today? What was young you like?
1: So hey, everyone. Uh, My name is uh, Muhammad Ahmed, and I'm from India. I basically grew up in India. So I grew up in a very, very small town in India. It's called Pratabgarh in the state of Uttar Pradesh. And this town was a really, really small town, basically. Uh, but as you know, like India has a lot of population. So I was just looking at one of the statistics and Pratapgarh has the population equivalent of one of the Iowa state of U.S. So you can imagine the population, but it was uh, fairly small. So my father actually worked in Indian state government and my mother worked as a UDU translator. So growing up, I was somebody who was always really really curious into things and engineering. I found it to be really I was, I was always somebody who was always breaking things and making things. So engineering was a really uh, natural calling for me, what you call it. And uh, I remember in 2008, uh, like India launched its first moon mission. That's when I became really interested into aerospace engineering and really uh, found my calling there. And as an undergrad, I did, I studied in a college called Indian Institute of Space Science Technology. It's a top institute in the country for aerospace engineering.
0: That's amazing, and I'm sure that yeah. journey from from Uttar Pradesh to like the one of the best engineering schools all the way to MIT must have been unforeseen. Back when you were just like <laughs> five or ten, dreaming about being an astronaut. But uh-huh. <laughs> uh, let's take a step back. So okay. you, like, you mentioned you're from like a a, a small town. Like how mm-hmm. big was that town? And like did you have like like was it was it common for people to come all the way to 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 the U.S. at elite universities uh-huh. to come to uh, master's degrees?
1: Not at all, not at all. So it's 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 been a journey, that's all I can say. Um, <laughs> so growing up, my parents, as I already touched upon it, so my father was essentially a clerk, and mm-hmm. uh, and my mother was a translator, uh, an Urdu translator. So Urdu is one of those languages, apart from like in India, what yeah. used to happen is like before independence, or even after independence, a lot of work used to be in a different script, and that was like Persian history, Arabic script, and that's Urdu translator. So I did... My mother was somebody who used to translate these Urdu texts into uh, Hindi. That's Devnagri script, so that's what she used to do. So, growing up, we didn't have much, and on top of that, I was living in a very, very small town, as I already touched upon it. And it was, it's, it's not the place where you dream to be, like a big engineer, or you think about us. That was something like out of cards, essentially. Uh, but once again, like uh, in 2008, as I already touched upon it. Uh, I saw the moon mission for the first time, and it was Chandrayaan 1. It was launched on, like, I could see on the TV. And another very, very interesting fact in my life is, and there's a completely random uh, event which happened, is, like, in 2007, uh, we were visited by India's president at the time in the state. He was on a tour. And I was one of the students who was selected to meet him. And you'd be surprised to know his name was AP, Dr. APJ Abdul Kalam. And he was a space scientist uh, himself. So that's, that's I where see. I got the inspiration from that. Uh, and he told the whole, his whole story because he was also somebody who actually grew up in the Southern part of India, like in Tamil Nadu from a very, very small town. And he became the president of India. And I, I really clearly uh, remember uh, getting so much inspired that if, if a person uh, persevere enough, he can do anything. And that's where I got the inspiration from. And that's when I started believing in myself. And then you do things I applied, I studied hard, obviously uh cracked the competition and then eventually landed up in Indian of and technology so that's the spark i should call it that pushed me towards the edge mm-hmm. to do these things that's amazing when i look back yeah
0: how many languages do you speak because you mentioned your mother with a translator Yeah. yeah.
1: so yeah I miss mean, i can actually uh read and write arabic uh i can speak urdu mm-hmm. uh, i can write urdu and obviously on top of that hindi that is the most common language that is spoken at least in the northern part of india and then obviously english so these are the four major languages and later on in my professional career, I worked in southern part of India, so I can uh, understand a little bit of Malayalam as well.
0: That's amazing. So there's five languages. There. I yeah, feel like for, mo- <laughs>
1: like
0: for most for most Americans, we're conquering one or two. So it's nice to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice to see people like that, that are quad or yeah.
1: I'm, I'm always pro like bilingual. If you get the chance, always learn a new language because it opens up so many dimensions of like sense. A, like a like a window into a different culture altogether.
0: That makes sense. So going from that childhood you mentioned, and then you saying yeah. seeing uh, the Indian space mission in two thousand eight, yeah. how old were you? All that right. was like high school, or what? What, what era in your life was yeah, that? That was that was
1: around. Yeah, that was around. Uh, I was in high school uh, at the time in two thousand eight, so I was probably in tenth standard at that time. Yeah. So, so then, like
0: in tenth grade, like we we're sixteen mm-hmm. years old ish, and yeah. like we have no understanding of how the, how complex the world is. From that inspiration, how do you turn that into like a career, right? right, right? right. So let, yeah. let
1: me, uh, so for that, I need to build up a stage. So let me just quickly uh walk you through how does like Indian education ecosystem works? So because mm-hmm. that will help answer this question. So what yeah. happens in India is like, it's very simil- uh, similar to uh in terms of, let's say, like I know in US, it's like, uh, you have like four year grad school, right? ninth 10th, 11th and 12th. Whereas Correct. in India, what happens is these four years are essentially broken down into two parts. So you have something called ninth and 10th and then you have called 11th and 12th. And in 10th exam, in like, like during 10th, that is what we call as a board examination. So during 10th standard, what happens is uh, you, you have a something called national, like uh, like a national level examination, right? So till, till the ninth standard, all the results, all the competitions, it is just like in your school. But suddenly when you move to the 10th standard, you compete against the whole of India. Essentially, that's what happens. And then you graduate to uh, 11th, and then 12th, this process repeats. So as I touched upon it before, during my 10th standard, I was able to score really, really great marks. So that was something that gave a lot of confidence because I knew where I stand. Uh, Because if you're studying, let's say, in Pratavar, uh, again, a very small town, you really don't know uh, how good or bad you are because there is nobody to compare with. Uh, But then suddenly, when you go into 10th standard, you are competing against like, the whole of India. And even then, if you score really good marks, so you automatically come to know where you stand in society. So that was one of the more uh, driving factor. And then you move on to 10th and then 12th, again, you do the same examination. And after 12th, what happens is, uh, there is something called uh, national levels. Again, you have like national level engineering entrance examinations, right? And in, this, in these examinations, the whole of India essentially all the students who have graduated from 12 and who are interested in engineering, they give these examinations. And if you are interested, if you get some really good rank, uh, you can opt for really good courses. So what happened is, so this is the whole education process, getting into engineering process looks like in India. So during Mm 10th, when I actually saw the launch of uh, the Chandrayaan one and having met uh, Dr. A.P.J. Abdul Kalam just a year before, who had already done his, uh, he actually had, uh, I remember if I'm correct, uh, maybe uh, you have to fact check this, uh, but he did his engineering, like aerospace engineering, and aerospace engineering is the obvious choice if you're trying to break into this field, so I knew I wanted to get into aerospace engineering, so from 10th standard, so it was all about after twelve cracking, uh, like that's the phrase it is used, like uh, you crack the national examination, and you try to get into the best college as much as you can. By, uh, by getting a really great rank. And that's what I did. I was able to crack a really uh, highly competitive exam. It was called ISAT. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once you crack that examination, you are you can uh, get a seat at Indian Institute of Space Science Technology. And that's how I ended up, and that's what the process looked like for me.
0: Amazing, You're like I'm, and I'm sure you put a lot of time and energy into yeah. prepping for those right, exams yeah. and yeah. building out your, yeah, like your understanding good. of that. That's nice, yeah. well, congrats. Yeah.
1: Yeah, thank you, thank you. It was a lot of work though. So <laughs>
0: it paid off. It paid off. Yeah, it paid off eventually. Um, but then, like, but like, uh, let's say you you studied really hard. You mm-hmm. uh, you ACs exams, or you cracked these exams, okay. and then you you enter your freshman year in this university in aerospace engineering. Like this is mm-hmm. this has been your dream.
1: Yeah. Like
0: how how did that stack up to to what you expected? Was it much harder? How was mm-hmm. learning about the field overall? Like how did that experience kind of unfold?
1: Uh, there's one key information which I have, haven't touched upon before. So as an FLI student coming from a really low income background, uh, you have to be cognizant that you have to be basically cognizant of how much fees you're going to pay and uh, how you're going to survive, right? Because your parents do not have that much money. And that is the question which was lingering back of my mind. So what happens to like if you're in India, uh, some of the best programs are offered by IITs, right? Indian institutes. Uh, of technology probably everyone would have heard about it so but what happens is these colleges do take they don't take that much of fees but yeah they are still uh they are still a little bit if you are not from that background it's it, it's going to be a little difficult for you to survive and pay the fees so for me that was also one of the criteria that I wanted to get into a college where I could secure a good scholarship right and Indian Institute of space science and technology it was a really tremendous program because it offers you four years of complete, completely funded scholarship. And there are just 40 seats across India in aerospace engineering, uh, 45, sorry. So for me, cracking and getting into this institute was really important because I could get four years of aerospace engineering with a full-ride scholarship. And that's what I was able to do it. That's huge. Um, yeah. That's huge. That Especially,
0: big. I can't imagine how, like, how, how, how happy your parents must have been to get a full ride for your entire undergrad, especially from the small town, that's that's exciting.
1: Yeah. So I, I should say that's uh, that was one of, uh, I can call it like a milestone event in my in my life because I was able to pursue what I wanted mm-hmm. without compromising, even though I was from an FLI background because I was able to secure. And definitely there was a lot of hard work, but then there's a bit of luck as well because these national examinations, uh, a bad three hour could really detract your examination. So I'm glad how it turned out. Glad to hear. So yeah,
0: but then that's like so. I, I'm that, that's amazing that you were able to get the yeah. full ride. Yeah. But also from the FLI perspective, I think like another part of the challenge, another dimension of it, is also I think like the resources or just the access to like to understanding the the system overall. Because I remember back when I started undergrad, I had a like co- compared to some of my peers that may that I may have went to like private univers or private high schools that have uh, families that went to uh, to elite universities and passed down that generational knowledge. We had to learn a little bit more about how the system works, about what the degree plan looks like. So was that uh, was it easy for you to immerse yourself into that? Or did you find like there was like gaps in your knowledge and you had to like spend some time and energy building relationships, networking, learning how the program works, what your future career looks like, all of that?
1: Yeah, 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 um, for sure because uh... Like finding out the institute, finding out about the scholarship was in itself a big challenge, right? And I have to give, like I was born, I should say, at the right time because at the time there was internet. And the internet, as everybody says, could be a great equalizer. That's one another feature why I love technology per se because it can really fill the gaps which earlier couldn't have been filled. For, exam- for example, if I was born, let's say, a decade earlier or so, I could have never known that such a scholarship existed. So even, even before getting into the college, you need to have, have that sort of like uh, knowledge about the resource, knowledge about the resources, knowledge about the best colleges where you can apply, where you cannot apply. And as an FLI student, you don't have access to that information, right? And for me, uh, I was at the right place at the right time because the internet was available in my city at the time. I and mean, It was really cheap, at the it wasn't something I couldn't do. And while researching and trying to find out how could I pay off my next four years, I really stumbled upon this, uh, program and that's how I applied. And that's how I got into it. So that was the first part of the story, right? Cause yeah. if you don't know about the course, you are never going to apply. even Right.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: Well said, and, and, and I can imagine like for many students, even that could be difficult, right? If you, if you suppose you don't have internet access, you're completely cut off from the world and you really don't know what is going to happen. So that is one thing. And I completely agree. That if you don't have access to the resources, you cannot, cannot do it. So that was the first part of the thing. And Mm the second part is like, once you get into the college, it's another whole ball game, right? Because the way, uh, I imagine the way you study in class and the way you operate in universities was a complete shocker to me, Right. Because I, I, I know that in U.S., what happens is the first four years, like 9, 10th, 11 12 you like somewhat you get exposed to the university system, right? Because you have your own electives and you have like uh, curricular activities. So there, uh, I may be wrong. You can correct me because I don't know that much about the U.S. 9th to 12th grade. But in India, what happens, it's a completely drastically different process. So in nine, like 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, you have like fixed subjects. You just take it. You give the examination. You get your marks. But in university, you have a little bit more of flexibility. You should know about the courses. You should know how you're going to conduct yourself, how you're going to balance these different multitudes of activities. I never had those exposure. So I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, during the first year, it was a lot of challenges, a lot of challenges. And that's where I think the value of community comes into being. Because I clearly remember uh, being lost. And that's where I reached out to my seniors. Uh, that I'm having these troubles and that's where the community got formed around these type of like there was a similar club called like FLI club uh, it wasn't named that because we were in Eurospace. so what we did is uh, we had a club something called Aero club and after first year I actually uh, became the president and the founder of this club and the whole idea of this club was to make sure that the students such as ourselves who are coming into this kind of new environment have a place where you can have the communication and dialogue and they can feel that they belong to this community. So yeah, I, mean, I, I hope I answered your question. So idea was that definitely it was challenging, but I found a few likewise minded people. I reached out to this community and they helped me ease into it. And then eventually like when I uh, like progressed two years, I, I did form a club for helping others. So like passing out this information and helping others as well. Yeah, yeah, well well said, well said.
0: Yeah. So I'll 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 enter in both parts too cuz your first yeah. part about even finding out about the scholarship exactly. or even having those resources. That's mm-hmm. exactly what this podcast is aimed to do, right? Yeah. Is we have hundreds of episodes trying to share the knowledge that we've gained with our uh, with our audience. In yeah. the same way this this may not have existed a decade ago. So it's nice to see that that uh access to internet, access to these kinds of resources are becoming yeah, more available yeah. to FLI people.
1: Yeah, And Um, I imagine like if somebody is listening to this right now and like somebody stumbles upon whatever I said, like it fulfills the purpose of it. And that's where the, I should like the power of technology comes into it. Like somebody is listening to this podcast and they come to know that such and such a scholarship exists in India. And if somebody eventually like identifies with, like, for example, uh, like for me, it was a random event that I got a chance to meet then president of India in a small city who came over and I just got selected to meet him. So you can imagine... It was a matter of chance, <laughs> but probably I imagine some Indian kid who is listening to us right now mm-hmm. and gets inspired that this could be done. Uh, I think like, uh, it's, 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 I cannot be more happier than that. Right. right. I
0: love that. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah hopefully there's multiple that yeah. are listening and, and being yeah, inspired yeah. And, and in the same way, like it doesn't have to just be a aeros- future aerospace engineer, yeah, right? yeah. someone that's interested in a, a specific niche here in the US, uh, I grew up in like in, in rural Kansas like I did. And then you are like, oh, I'm really interested in in uh, like chemical engineering or being in medicine or in law. And I didn't know this uh, potential degree uh, existed. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. this gives you the incentive to kind of explore that, which is nice.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like I'm a living, breathing example and probably you also are, that if you put your mind into it, uh, probably universe also aligns to help you do that. So just be at it, whatever you're doing and you will eventually succeed.
0: I love that. Um, but then you also mentioned the second piece of it, which is actually a great mm-hmm. transition to the, mm-hmm. uh, the second half of this podcast, which is about mm-hmm. the community building, because entering university and it sounds like there's a lot of gaps and uh, uh, like you're trying to figure it out for the first time. And that's, that transition, fairly similar to the U.S., because in high school mm-hmm. here, we have regimented classes across the mm-hmm. entire country. It's pretty regimented on you take these classes freshman year, sophomore year, junior year in this specific mm-hmm. uh, order. And there's some elective, but it's not too dramatic. And then high, okay. a college is a of a free for all and you're in your own environment, you're trying to figure it out. But that community is important. So yeah. I guess, transitioning to the, the next piece of it, you're now at MIT, which is how I met you. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Did you know back when you graduated with your engineering degree that you mm-hmm. wanted to go get an MBA years later? Or how did that kind of... Uh, no,
1: no, not at all, not at all. <laughs> so when I, you know, it, it didn't even like hit me that uh, a degree, like I could pursue a degree called MBA or something like that. But once again, the gap of communication because I imagine MBA is not something, it it wasn't that easily, like just to put in perspective, like in my closest vicinity, I had never heard somebody doing an MBA. So it was far removed essentially. And on the yeah. other part, I was interested in engineering like from very early on. So that's why when I got into aerospace, it, I didn't want to like, transition to MBA or I, I didn't I, I wasn't even thinking about it to be honest but when I like when I started working at uh, in the engineering field so I worked there for almost 6.5 years uh, at Indian Space Research Organization uh, as a scientist and engineer so having worked there uh, I like I really enjoyed my work there is no doubt about it but after a certain period I started really thinking about how can I apply my learnings right These engineering, because I I was becoming more aware of the world. And that's where I realized that this whole technology and learning could be applied on a much, much larger landscape. And to do that, you need to have certain skill set, which goes beyond the technological know-hows. And that's where the MBA came into being, because it really helps you uh, grow as a person, as a professional, and even more importantly, as a leader. And that's what pushed me uh, to do an MBA. And specifically, if you ask me, why Sloan? So again, it was all about trying to find a community, uh, trying to find a place uh, where, because I'm I'm an engineer, so I love experiential learning. So that's where probably Sloan includes. But I think you were asking why MBA? So for MBA, it was all about like, after doing engineering for a few years, I was more interested in how can I apply this learning? And without business, you can't do that. Without leadership, you can't do that. So that's why MBA. So to, be, to put it in a nutshell.
0: Amazing, yeah. And I think, that, 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 that curiosity for knowledge and for growth mm-hmm. is inherently mm-hmm. like an FLI thing, right? Because you didn't know yeah. what you wanted to do when you were in, when you were 16 exactly. and then you discovered yeah. that and then you yeah. went to work and you learn more about the world and that brought you all the way out here.
1: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So because, yeah. And I think uh, like if anybody's listening, it's all about like learning from your background, trying to figuring it out, growing, like what you were probably five years ago, you are not the same person. So that's what the growth is all about. And even as, a, as an FLI, uh you have to keep on looking right so probably you can identify what i'm trying to say here
0: exactly and then like i guess how do you like it like this uh, has the has mit shaped up to what you expect it to be
1: yeah and even even more even more i, I had no expectation that i'm going to meet you here <laughs> for example uh so it's it's been an amazing amazing experience it has been challenging i won't deny that it's been a cakewalk Uh, but that's where the fun comes from right and I see myself stretching myself into different dimensions which I had never thought of I never thought that I'm going to uh, meet a person uh, who is probably working in the nuclear industry and now he has transitioned to starting his own startup so I'm surrounded by so many cool people who are from so many diverse backgrounds whom I had never had the chance to interact, interact with so that has been a really amazing experience. Then apart from that, the Sloan its own curriculum, the focus on entrepreneurship, uh, focus on experiential learning. Like I participated in something called EM track. I'm still on that track and I really loved it. Really loved it. So, so far the experience has been really great. Uh, it's been challenging, but fun.
0: I'm glad to hear it. I completely agree that the people, it, my favorite piece of Sloan. Exactly. But one of my concerns that I had when I first joined Sun, and I'm curious if you had this too, is a part of the MBA recruitment process. I was talking to current students or alumni, and it felt very, because I also didn't hear about this growing up, it Mm -hmm. felt very like exclusive because people were taking like ski trips all the time and they were (laughs) traveling internationally and a lot of our colleagues are doing so. So how did you, have you found it hard to fit in Mm -hmm. or join experiences or be a part of this community? Or do you feel like it's been kind of distant?
1: All right. So yeah, I mean, I imagine this is a question probably many of listeners probably who are listening may be thinking of. And it's, to be honest, it is true uh, because when you come from an FLI background, there are certain things which you may not be able to, like you can't go on a really, really expensive trip. And that is the like hard reality and you have to accept that. But having said that, as I touched upon before, that it's all about like trying to find and make a community and even like Sloan, has been one of those places where it's really really inclusive right and it's not about like if you're not going to a ski trip it's not that you you cannot go on another trip for example i became involved with fli club when i came in because i knew this is a club where i want to participate and there is already a community of people who are in the similar dilemma right so for example you were there right i was there and there were a whole bunch of other people and we went on a trip, right? We went on a Providence trip and it was a really, really cheap trip. We didn't have to pay too much, but you still had the fun. You still had a chance to meet so many people, right? So there are alternate ways where You don't need to spend that much because you obviously you are financially restrained, but you get the chance to meet people, form that connection, have all the ample opportunities to do so within Sloan community, but the means are different. You get, for example, if you come to Sloan, You can be part of FLI club itself. Apart from that, there are many, many opportunities to take place where you wouldn't have to spend that much and you can have all the fun you want. So that's been my approach so far. And it
0: sounds like it's working. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, let's dive a little deeper into the FLI club though, because you mentioned it. Uh, And yeah, yeah. for the audience listening, this is how we met because we went on this trip together and now we're co-presidents along with one of our friends, Carlos. So I guess, like, to, to explain to the audience, what is the FLI Club at Sloan, and like, what is the vision of the club? If you had to describe,
1: right. so, um, so FLI Club is a first generation low income club, and basically, it's 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 a community once again where we try to uh, provide a platform from people who identify as FLI Club, or even if even if they don't identify and are interested in uh, meeting people from these backgrounds. So we provide a platform where people, students at Sloan, outside Sloan can come together to share their learnings and have a place where you can, uh, you could meet together and take advantage of MIT's and Sloan resources and build that support, right? Because as an FLI student, you are always scared of like how you're going to, uh, let's say, go to a ski trip, right? So we come up with some sort of like alternative ski trips. Uh, let's say, you come from such backgrounds. You don't know how the recruitment process works. How does networking works? And as a community, we help solve those problems for all our members. So it's to sum up, it's it's just a simple community of like-minded people who belong to FLA Club. We all come together, uh, pool in our resources, and help each other out. So that's the club is all about.
0: That's a super inspiring vision. I love that.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly why we
0: joined it. Like what kinds of things, and I'm, I'm assuming this is not like exclusive to Sloan, right? Or, or even business yeah. school as a whole. Like I'm sure a yeah. lot of schools have a similar club. Exactly. So why do you think yeah. this kind of thing is important? And like, what kinds, like, let's say I'm a, I'm a freshman entering like university or I'm entering a graduate school. What are some of the things I can expect to get out of joining a club like this?
1: Yeah, so the first thing uh, I would assume, like I can get back into my shoes, right? When I came for the first time at Sloan, so what are the activities you are thinking of? So first thing is that you want to meet people who are from the similar background, who had to face similar challenges. Like for example, uh, just to put in context, like when I came from India to US, like networking uh, wasn't a big part of an engineering community, right? I don't know if like in your background, whether it was a big thing or not, uh, Yes, exactly. So this, this was a completely, completely foreign culture to me. And I was at loss. Like, whom do I reach? Whom do I ask? How do I do this? How do I do that? Like, I had like millions of questions. And it was difficult to just, obviously, there was CDO, there was career development office, I reached out to them, definitely, they help a lot. But I wanted a perspective from students, right? And I have to say the FLI club. When I went to FLI club, I got the chance to meet like previous year students who were in second year who have already gone through this process, the member of LFI, FLI club. And it was because we had we had that common thread of background that is an FLI uh, background, so we were able to connect really easily. And the other person already knew what my questions are going to be, and we had such a easy conversation. Uh, Very quickly connected with the person and uh, he basically explained me like how this process works. So this is just a snippet that how these club or community can help you overcome the obstacles in the most easiest way possible. So this is just, just a really, really small snapshot that how a club like FLI can be really useful to you if you are somebody who is coming from this sort of background. And apart from that i already touched upon it that as a club we active we uh, we try to organize many activities where we are cognizant of the fact that the members are financially restrained right Uh, there there may be people who are doing some additional jobs to uh, let's say to support themselves so we try to uh, organize social events we try to create fun activities we try to Gather so that you don't lose out on that social aspect of this uh, Sloan or MBA or even any kind of uh, graduate experience. So that's what the uh, FLI club is all about. And that's what you get when you uh, become a part of this club.
0: Yeah. And like uh, something you've hit on consistently throughout this discussion Mm -hmm. has been the importance of this community and the fact that like other people are there in the same shoes wanting Mm -hmm. to help you. And I think it's very easy to feel like alone or to feel like to feel Mm -hmm. excluded. But to know that like other people that have gone through this themselves are looking yeah. out for you and willing to give you advice is uh, is very helpful, I think, in those times.
1: Yeah, I mean, so at times it may feel like you are alone in the world, like fighting your own battle. And that could be a really lonesome existence and an even difficult existence. But when you get a chance to like be part of such community, you will find out that a uh, lot of people had like similar challenges you had and they made it through. Yeah. And just knowing that some person existed and he has persevered through is just enough to make sure that you can also do it. Like just to go back, like, like link this whole story. For mm-hmm. me, the milestone event was when I got the chance to meet the president of India and hearing his story that how he made out was enough for me to like traverse this whole journey. So you can imagine how impactful it could be that if you know other person who has gone through the same path, has gone through the same struggles and uh, came out well enough. So that's where the importance of community comes, because it's all about like sharing the baton, right? You have done your job. You, that's why that's even like pushed me to like become the president. And I imagine it's same for you as well, because we have been through, we have been through the struggles of first year. So if somebody is coming to first year, I will be more than happy to tell them and pass that information on.
0: I love that. Um, okay. But uh, amazing conversation so far. Let's, uh, I guess, like if you have one piece of advice, to give to our listeners okay. based on your like the childhood that you mentioned and then your journey yeah. at MIT and the FLI club so far okay. like what would you share
1: it may sound cheesy but one thing I like firmly believe is that anything can happen if you believe in it right there is no doubt that you ha- but you have to be ready to put the work in but there is nothing that's impossible if you put mind to it so that's one part of my advice and second part is like always try to find the community wherever you go try to find the community and try to be a part of it and because when you try to find community you will find like-minded people and the journey like solo journey is always difficult if you find the community it becomes much easier so believe in yourself believe you can do and try to find the like-minded people if you're I, i imagine i Firmly believe if you do these three things, I think you can achieve whatever you want. Inspiring. So that's my little little piece of advice.
0: <laughs> I love it, and you're a living testament of that too, which is yeah. fantastic.
1: And you too, you do, by the way. Right? <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. Um. Awesome. Well, thank you again for spending your time to to kind of share your insight with our audience. We're yeah. very grateful. I'm sure the audience is grateful.
1: Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank, chatting. thank you, thank yeah, thank you, Shiv, for inviting me. And I don't know you whether you will share like some sort of like contact points for me or not. But I don't know if any listener is probably listening, they can always reach out on my social media platform or anything. I'll be more than happy to help you. Anything related to Fli's loan, general life advice, whatever, I'll be more than happy to.
0: I love that. We'll tag you on LinkedIn and yeah. Instagram, yeah. and we'll make sure that people can reach out. Awesome. Thank well, thank you again. Thanks for chatting. Yeah.
1: Yeah, thank you, Shiv.